attention by re-spotting the ball. Scott, the not County! Get ready to relive the action as we dive deep into the latest match review on the Racecourse Ramble podcast. So welcome everybody to episode 38 of Racecourse Ramble and I've got a guest today, uh, well you're not really a special guest because you've been on before, but you will soon be a guest of Wrexham the Town, well we still call it a town, uh, regardless of the fact that it got city status, you'll soon be a guest of the town, Mr Michael Starkey, how are you feeling? Matt, I'm good, brother. Um, I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm glad we got to do this a little bit later in the day uh, because I, I um, we, we threw a little two-person party over at the Starkey House last night. <laughs> I, I'll just that, that's as far as I'll go there. Well, that, was that on the uh, was that on the fact that the passports turned up? It was on the fact that the passport turned up. Um, it was on uh, more importantly, the much more importantly. Um, the, the win yesterday and, um, yeah, yesterday was a pretty incredible day. <laughs> um, so for those people that don't follow, I guess, just in case there is people that don't know, uh, don't know who you are, dare I say that they probably don't exist, Michael. Um, uh, they, uh, you're obviously, obviously you're referring to the, uh, the, the win last night, which we'll come on to in a second, but also the fact that, um, on Friday, you arrive in uh, in Wrexham at some time, um, and we'll get to. See, um, ooh, shall I be confident here or not? You're going to get to see us win the league at the racecourse on Saturday. Yeah, yes. yeah we'll be confident. Let's go for it. <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, it's it's that point now. I mean, it's it's, we, we, it's time to start predicting victory. We got we've got two left, and I would love to see it happen on Saturday. Obviously, it's happening on Saturday then. That's right. Um, so. Uh, Coming over from where will you fly from? Uh, Mobile, Alabama to Dallas. Right. The first flight at um, around noon tomorrow. Excuse me. Uh, that's only about an hour flight. It's up and down. Okay. Um, and then the the long one is uh, Dallas to London, which is it's only about nine hours of airtime, but obviously six time zones in between, so it's a technically a fifteen hour flight. Uh, and then London to Manchester again, up and down, and then, forty uh, minutes or whatever, forty-five yeah, minutes or whatever it is, up and down, twenty thousand feet, somewhere around there. And uh, one Mr. Neil Smith, amazing young, redheaded uh, <laughs> friend of ours, local musician, um, just an incredible guy, will be picking us up from the airport uh, in Manchester and bringing us to Wrexham immediately. You'll have to have some sleep on the plane. I'm going to have to have some alcohol on the plane. <laughs> not I'm a good not, flyer. I do not enjoy flying. No, not even a little bit. Um, if, there were, if, there was a, if there was a way I could drive over, I would drive direction before I would fly. Um, but I, I've said a couple of times, that's how I know it. One of the many reasons and ways I know I love the club, uh, because I'm going to shove myself on an airplane and I'm just going to deal with it. <laughs> there, uh, there used to be a. You probably don't remember the A Team, do you? From years ago in the eighties, the yeah, TV I, show. When I was really little, yeah. Yeah, Mr. T used to hate flying. They used to have to knock him out before they put him on the plane. So, yes, uh, a whiskey bottle to the back of the head more than the drink might be the might be in order. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, should we talk some football? 
because we have played some football this week. Uh, we've had two games. Um, we'll do them in order if that if you're game for that. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's much to talk about with the Barnet game, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm going to assume that you watched it on uh, your your national your international pass on National League TV. Would that be right? I did watch the uh, watch the Barnet game and um, obviously watched the uh, the match yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So I watched the Barnet game at home as well because my son was yeah. playing football in the morning, and obviously the time got moved anyway. Um, what we uh, what, give us your summary? What we you know when you, when you when we first so we first turn up we've got a bit of a change to the lineup I guess. McFadden's yeah. come in for Mendy, um, and Palmer comes back in. So what were your what were your thoughts just before the game? You see the lineup. What what were you thinking? Yeah, it was it was one of those to where I with 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 Mendy being out and and that was kind of the rumor. I remember I, I think I messaged you and and. I think Tim from Fearless, um, Fearless from Devotion Pod on, you know, what's up with Mindy. I started seeing some, you know, some rumors and things like that, that he may have been, um, may have been injured or, or out again, you know, hamstring, possibly the same issue that kept him out in back in, you know, January, February. Um, so it was, it was a little interesting for me. I think McFadzine was the next choice by position, but I was interested to see if, you know, um, somebody like Jordan Davies would have got a shot um, at, at winger because he's he's done that before, um, or or you know who else um, could be a possibility. I, I assumed it was going to be McFadden um, coming in for Mindy, um, but as far as the rest of the lineup, it, it's you know it it made sense to me. Um, nothing nothing really unforeseen for me. No, that Jordan Davis one was interesting because a couple of people have uh, hinted at that more so last night, I think, yeah. um, thinking that that was potentially on paper was probably an easier game. So if you were going to play somebody out of position, perhaps do it in a game that you could win, perhaps regardless. Um, uh, but I never materialised that at all, even did it. Um, so yeah, um, I think I, you know similar. I don't you know there was no shocks there once we realised that Mendy was out. I don't yeah. think there was any. I don't think there was any shocks. And then swapping Palmer and Dolby just seems to be a regular thing now, doesn't it? It doesn't. You know, yeah. it's um, it's toss of a coin. It seems like um, for who, for who, for, you know, for who's who. Um, I guess we knew that Barnet was going to be a tough game because of yeah. where they are in the league. Yeah. Um, and that first half, there was next to nothing in it. Really, was there? It yeah. was kind of. It was flat. Um, I suspect that was a lot of pressure, um, but I don't know that for obviously for a fact. But they, not I, you know, there was nothing of note really that was got to got me excited. Was there anything that you, that yeah. sort of got you out your seat? No, um, you know, it's 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 a little different from my vantage point to say what you know the the play is flat or the crowd is flat and those types of things. Just because I'm still learning and we talk about that all the time, but it was one of those to where. Um, I thought, especially with the first match um, of the year, you know, the, the goal fest that we, we keep talking about, 7-5, yeah. and then we turn around and go the exact opposite direction, yeah. <laughs> and no, you know, no one scores at all. Um, yeah. It was it was um, very, very opposite to the spectrum, obviously, from the first match this season. Yeah, so... It's uh, it's it's a funny game, isn't it? It's, um, it is. How different it can be just months or sometimes it's only weeks or days apart in two games. Yeah. 
Um, so that second half, we we come out and I'm thinking, we are a second half team. We definitely do better in the second half of games. Uh, and we come out and we're, you know, we're hoping for a win because ideally you want points in the bag and put pressure on because obviously we played the early game and Notts County played the later game, the tea time, hour time game. Um, and we wanted to put them under some some pressure. Um, and then within, I don't know what it was, five minutes or something, we get this incident with Callum McFadzine, which yeah. has really divided people on my Twitter timeline. I don't know whether yeah. it has on yours. Very much so. Um, Very much so. So when I watched it, because I say we were watching it on the telly, um, I straight away went, oh, he's in trouble here. Yeah, yes. Not that it was a nasty tackle as such, no. Um, and because obviously the goalkeeper makes the most of it, that's unfortunately that's just his job. He's that's always going to happen. But just you know, as soon as you give a referee a decision to make, and you'll learn this, uh, sometimes they're good and they make good decisions, and other times they make bad decisions. But I just thought that was probably right. He did leave his foot. I don't know why he's left his foot in a little bit. I haven't seen him have any sort of words with the goalie or anything during the get during the first half because that would explain why he's just left one in on him a little bit. Um, it was just a bit of a bit of a mindless thing to do, really. And now, given how experienced he is, um, that was really surprising. Um, so, what were your thoughts when you when you saw it? Yeah, it worried me um, as soon as I saw it, and then you know when when the um... The players, Mullen was one of the first ones they showed after it happened on the television. And, yeah. he, you know, when, when he got a little concerned and, and started getting a little mouthy with with the ref and with with Barnet players, it, it it concerned me from the get go. And then when they showed it on the replay, this is something that I really haven't I haven't seen many people talk about. And, and I had this conversation um, with someone last week, um, the, the night of the match after it happened. When you when you watch the replay, and obviously I'm not holding this against the ref or anything like that. Point I'm making is when you watch the replay, and us being on the stream, we have the um, you know the the ability the availability of the replay. Obviously, yeah. So when you watch the replay on the television, and when you watch it back, when when he when he left his foot in, he was looking down at the keeper. And that's what concerned me the most as soon as they showed the replay because they showed the replay first and then they showed the ref giving the red. And I said, that's probably an issue right there. Yeah. Um, I could have also seen if it was only a yellow. Yeah. Um, I, I could have, I, I probably would have been better for us <laughs> if it would have been a yellow, obviously. But I, I, I understood why he gave him a red. Um, it was a red for me. Um, but, but what do I know? It's what we call, well, it's what we call them in, uh, football is very different now yes. uh, to 10 years ago you, so, or maybe 15 years ago so, there was a lot more physicality to it yes. you could, uh, whereas now you know, you, you, you can't whiff at somebody uh, so yeah. it's it's what I call the modern day red card, it's a soft red card to somebody of yeah. my era yeah. but obviously in the modern day game where you can't touch anybody and if I, if I put myself in the ref's position what I see, if I visualise what he would have seen that incident I can understand why he would have thought it was potentially yeah. a red card. Yeah. And I just, McFadden should have just walked away and uh, it's been nowhere near that. So um, it was a real, it was, it was real lack of experience for him, a very experienced person. It was really yeah. weird. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, bad, bad, um, 
say bad judgment, but just um, yeah, no, that's caught it up, is caught up. Yeah, caught up in the moment. But I wonder if it makes you wonder whether that's pressure or whether that was his too eager because he's back in the team after what yeah. would it be a month or something like yeah, that, perhaps probably. maybe longer. Yeah. Um, that he, he hasn't been in, so that over eagerness uh, to try and impress. Um, uh, you know, we'll never know because we're we're you know we're not close enough to him, are we? Uh, but that changes the game then. So, you know, from my point of view, then you're thinking away at Barnet. Uh, we needed seven. We know we need seven points. At that point, you th- I'm thinking let's just settle for a point now. Uh, you know, don't you, you don't want to be going gung ho trying to win it. Let's try and come out of there with a point. Um, uh, and uh, well, you know, we we succeeded in doing that. Um, but it, we did get uncomfortable at times. There was a couple of squeaky bum moments, as Rob likes to uh, likes to call them. I, lo- I love that. <laughs> I, it's, it's, I've said it a couple times now, along with Rob. It's one of my favorite things that y'all say over there. I love it. Squeaky bum time. So especially when the one that got me, I think the worst one was when um, I think it's Smith, the centre forward, had a free header yeah. at the back post from about. I mean, it was a couple of yards out from memory. Yes. Um, and I still don't know how he's missed that. It was it was karma um, from him, you know, tugging at Callum's hair when he got sent off, and and just sort of, yeah, um, uh, you know, I'm gonna watch my language, but not being a very nice person um, to to Mister McFadden, which sort of, <laughs> and I, I would have understood it if Callum would have turned around and, um, you know, retaliated. I'm glad he didn't, obviously, uh, but that's that's you know karma, sport, athletic karma. In, in my view, yeah, good. That's good point because when you watch the McFadden incident, Smith's oh, yeah. right in there, oh, yeah. uh, winding everybody up, yeah. um, and stirring the pot, as we would also call it. Um, you know, he's making sure, uh, and he's having a little laugh and a giggle, and so, uh, so yeah, I, 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 uh, I get that. It was some, it was uh, a, a little bit of karma. Um, so I think actually, you know, we've come away with a point in a game that was a bit flat. It's changed by the red card. Foster has to do a couple of good pieces of work, which he does. Yeah. Um, he does really well. Um, and I think a lot of people subsequently said, well, if you'd have offered me the point before the match, I'd have taken it. Um, I'm not so sure I would have. I'm not so sure I would have before the match. I think I'd have preferred us to go out and get a win ASAP. Um, yeah. But I guess we shouldn't be too disappointed. And we got the point that we need. And... Um, I guess overall, you just sort of that is one of those games where you think we've just got to take the point and move on. It's a, it's a typical uh, sort of game like that. Would you yeah. would you have uh, would you agree? I, I was just going to say um, it, again, in my opinion, that point of the year when before kickoff you have four matches remaining, you need seven from four. Yeah, you're on the road. Yeah. And you take that just at face value without saying, okay, we're playing a man down for the last 40 minutes of the game. So then when you couple that with just after halftime, McFadden gets the red and they get sent off. And then we're playing with 10 to a a side that's very talented, no question about it, um, who is, is obviously not just fighting for a playoff spot, but fighting for promotion. Um, when when McFadden got that red, that was the point for me when I said I'm I'm I can't believe I'm going to say this. I was fine with taking yeah. um, taking the draw because I, I can't believe I'm saying that. It goes again. I've said this several times this week and alone. 
It goes against everything that I've ever known in sport to say you're okay with a draw. But yeah. I, again, I'm learning. Um, there are good draws. There are bad draws for me. That was a good draw. Um, it, it's you know not one of those bad draws where you get an equalizer and a team Late on. on yeah. the 90th minute. Um, so yeah, I, I take that point all day, especially after McFadden gets the red. Who, um, I guess, while we wrap that one up, was was did anybody in that game stand out for you, for either reason, good or bad? I guess mm. thinking about it, I like. I thought Barnett had a good game again. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm I'm becoming a, a bigger fan of Ryan Barnett with every match. Um, yeah. He he, not just his pace, not just how well he runs, um, but he's very creative on the ball. Um, for for a winger, he's very very creative with the ball. He's got you know, great ball skills on ball. He moves well, um, typically without the ball, um, you know, in, in, in contrast with where his teammates are in formations. He also, um, you know, crosses are, are pretty decent. I just think he brings a lot. Um, I think he brings a lot offensively and defensively. Um, and not just the Barnett match, and I know we'll get to uh, last night's match here in a second, but Owen O'Connell, also becoming more of a fan of him okay. every match. Um, not not as fast originally as I was hoping, uh, but also very tall. He's long. He's a long strider. Uh, yeah. What we call long strider when he runs, clears a lot of ground with a few steps. Um, much better on ball than I thought he would be. Again, with the fact that he is, um, you know, on the back line, he's a defender by trade, but um, he, he provides a lot um, in, in ball movement as well, more than I thought he would. So, in a one, uh, just to pick up on that point, in a one-word answer, who starts for you when they're both fit, Hayden or O'Connell? Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. a cracker, that. What a decision to have to make. Hayden. Oof. That shows you just how highly we rate Hayden if you think about what you've just said about O'Connell. Um, yeah, he to me he brings I mean, when you got double digit goals and you haven't yeah. played in three months um from from <laughs> the center half. I yeah, mean, that's you know that's, okay. that's next level. He he just provides more offensively. Luckily this season we've got some good squad depth there because that's what obviously cost us at the end of last season, really. Yeah. Yep. Um, was not having that. Okay, good. Um, so I don't think there's anything else to add with that game. We take the point, we move on, you try and forget about it. Um, obviously, Parky did get a red card. Um, I guess we should add after the final whistle to the... Uh, uh, it was interesting that he managed to avoid a touchline ban. I've, it was mm -hmm. very unusual that, as I was expecting him to get a ban. Yeah, um, and then the sort of... The chatter was, well, he might not get a ban because it's not automatically a ban. And, um, so it would appear that somehow we got away with that um, and it became very relevant, obviously, uh, in, the, in the next game. Um, because, yeah. I, you know, it, it's amazing what a difference it makes, believe it or not, to a professional to have the, the managers or whatever the head coaches, some of them are called as well. It makes a massive difference mm -hmm. um, to them. So, uh, we'll, But we'll touch on that in a second because what I'd like to do is touch on what happened the following day on the Sunday. Um, so I don't know. I didn't see, actually, I saw comments from you, but I don't know whether you watched the game or not. Um, the Wrexham ladies, there was, there was two games, but obviously the, 
the big one, I guess, was the uh, the women's team um, in the playoff yeah. with Britain Ferry. Um, so, did you watch that, or what was the absolutely. sky? Because I know you were commenting uh, uh, as you're going along, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, that a YouTube job on because S four C put it on YouTube. Is that where you watched it? Yep, that's the the second one. We watched the last one too uh, at the race course. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. So I wish they streamed all of them. It's it's just um, I, I'm enamored with Wrexham in general, as you know. But um, the women's game is very it's it's very open. The ball is all over the place. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and it, I, I guess I compare that to what happened in the men's game yesterday. Um, it, you know, same thing against Yeovil. The, the especially half first half was very open. Um, but yes, watch the uh, watch the women's match on YouTube. Thoroughly enjoyed it. We both did. So the stadium where they played at was about about an hour from where I live. So um, on Sunday morning, we decided to have a late a last minute dash. Um, so we went. Um, we got there for the second half of the under 19s game. Um, when we got there, interestingly, my other half's friend was refereeing the women's game, the latter, the latter game, mm-hmm. um, who she hasn't seen in many years. Um, wow. So, um, so they had a good catch up, and obviously, we made her aware that we were Wrexham fans. <laughs> yes. So, um, I'm not saying that that influenced the ref at all, but. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was a handy piece of info for her. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, it's it, that's a big step for the for for the women because yeah. um, you know that promotion, going semi-pro, raising the profile of the of the women's game and that side of the club. Um, it's a massive it's a massive achievement for them. On the day, I think they they said that they didn't play that well. I think Steve Dale yeah. said that they he didn't thought, think they played that well. Um, but there was a couple of people that stood out for me, um, cause obviously I don't see them every week, uh, but there was a couple of people that, that stood out to me. And obviously the first one was the threat in behind of Rosie Hughes because yes. she is so quick. Yes. Um, and she, that's what actually created the goal in the end. Um, so I thought, uh, obviously, you know, um, she is just a real dynamic threat. And obviously, she hit a, a would it have been about a 25-yard, 30-yard shot that hit the, I think it actually hits the, uh, the we call it the angle, actually it's yeah. the post or the it's crossbar, more, yeah. couldn't yeah. quite tell, um, which would have sealed the game at that point, because I think it was yeah. 1-0 at that point. Um, so she's a real threat. But the other person that stood out for me was somebody I know because... I used to do a lot of sports photography for um, local women's sides. Um, And one of those sides was uh, TNS, which is a localish side to me. And their goalkeeper was a younger version of Adele Morgan. So I've uh, so I so I I've come across Dell before, um, and I know she's had a bit of a journey with football. She's a I think she's a coach now at Liverpool, um, really? but um, she's she she wasn't enjoying her football for a long time, sort of stopped a little bit, then came back into it uh, when the Wrexham uh, opportunity, you know, when that was growing again, yeah. um, she came back into it. 
Um, and here's a, a, a I've got an, an interesting stat actually. If it's not a stat, an interesting fact, um, which I'm just going to have to. I want to make sure I get this right. Yeah. Um, so Rebecca Pritchard, who scored the goal, uh, and Anne Dell were both part of a Wrexham ladies team that folded in 2016. Then they obviously, it's come back, so they've both kind of rejoined it, I guess is how you would call it. And now obviously they're both going to get sort of promoted uh, uh, and go with that team. So they've seen the demise of the team and the rise of the team. That's amazing. Um, which is pretty, it's, it's quite a good little story, that for somebody, especially scoring the goal. I guess you could argue scoring the goal was the big thing, but actually on the day, Dell makes probably three or four one-on-one yeah. saves, uh, the, yes. the save from the free kick. Yeah. Um, so, you know, both of them were kind of, in their own right, I guess both were match winners. I've rambled there, but, you know, you get the idea. Yeah, no, um, Dale Morgan was was unbelievable. I, I couldn't believe that she didn't get um, um, player of the match. That, that was Agree, yeah. Kind of a shock. Yeah. I mean, and again, nothing against, you know, nothing against the the, the, um, the young lady from Britain Ferry that won it. I mean, she was very talented, no question about it, but Dale Morgan was different. I yeah. mean, she, she made two off the top of my head breakaway one-on-ones against their strikers. Two one-in-one match being saved is uncommon, especially when you've got that much space uh, between your center half and their striker. Um, and she makes two um, yeah. within a few minutes of each other. And then, I mean, just the work and goal, the set pieces, the work and goal um, that, that she did um, just all day. She was unbelievable. Um, super, super Dale Morgan in goal. Yeah, it was, um, I'll try and find a, a clip and put that in because uh, people were, were, were I, it's good that you could pick that up on the telly because uh, the uh, the Wrexham support were uh, were cheering that and chanting that because um, uh, she, she did really well. Her distribution was really good. What's unusual, what Dell's really good at, you find in the women's game a lot, goalkeepers distribution kicks off the floor from goal kicks and out their hands are not as clean as what Dell does. She's, you know... Um, uh, so, um, so yeah, and that, that, I mean, we've spoken about a couple of people there. There's lots of others, obviously, but those were the two that stood out to me on the day. Yeah. I guess I should give a mention, because this would be wrong of me to forget this. Good job I said this. Um, so, Super Mia Roberts. Um, so, you might not know this. So, uh, Mia Roberts, who played at left-back um, in that game, and at one point... Did a, it wasn't quite a back heel, but it was a cheeky back roll flick that she yeah. did off nearly off the goal line. Yes. In the, I think it was in the first half. I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, I think it was in the first half. So she's the daughter of an ex Wrexham. Well, I, I want to call him a, a homegrown legend, really. Um, so Neil Roberts, who was an ex striker who played for Wrexham, um, who's my age, and I grew up with playing for a few years with uh, when we were both at Garden Village. Um, that's his daughter, uh, and I saw I saw Neil when he was there, and I did. I, um, uh, we didn't say too much to each other. Um, he's promised me he'll he'll uh, he'll come on the podcast. So um, I, it would have been horrible for him because Neil was an exceptional goal scorer, and he's now reliving a little bit of football, I guess, through his because uh, uh, obviously he's he, he's like me, mid forties now. So he's reliving some of his football career, I guess, through his daughter. Um, and uh, I, I imagine he would have been in bits yesterday. Oh, not yesterday, sorry. On Sunday, watching her go through, you know, in a big game, yeah. um, go through that and uh, and come out the other side of it. Um, yeah. 
So that was, uh, I, I don't know if you were aware of that or not. I don't know whether they talked about it, obviously, on uh, on the t- on the TV or not, or whether it was probably all in Welsh anyway, was it? Um, uh, yeah, most of it was, especially the, the interviews and things like that um, outside of actual playtime. But um, yeah, I know Neil Roberts, just from, from talking to the Wrexham fans, I didn't know Mia was his daughter. That's, um, that's a pretty special, pretty special day for both of them. That's quite cool for him. And uh, hopefully he'll get to see her progress. Um, yeah. and, you know, he did really well. He's played, he played really top level in the end. So, uh, so yeah, should also, uh, give, uh, give me a little cheeky shout out. Cause I thought that one moment alone, she did really well, actually. Um, cause a lot of their attacks came down our right, down there, right. Um, yes. but that one moment alone is game changing. You know, you yeah. uh, any sort of clearances near the goal line are, uh, can be key. So, um, Absolutely. so yeah, so we should, we should, we should do that. Um, should we touch on a bit of news before we uh, before we get into the meaty game? I guess if, if, if you game for that, so um, we'll we'll keep things moving. I guess so. I'm not sure this has sort of been muffled and muted, really. This news, but Wrexham Council. Did you see the Wrexham Council? Uh, you've seen it, so you've seen it. So we haven't had anything official from Wrexham FC yet, but the council have announced that the uh, the pot of funding that they already had. Uh, for leveling up, um, which they wanted more funding for, for the cop and the railway, they're now going to redistribute the funding because obviously we didn't get that and put. Uh, there's no figures involved as of such as of yet, but some of that funding is going to go the, the way of the cop, so that is massive news because yeah. you know that's money that, with the greatest respect, Rob and Ryan are not going to have to sell their soul to try and yes. try and get. Um, to pay for the cop, uh, and yeah. whether it's an extra two million or five million, whatever it is, you know that then is that money is left in Wrexham FC in somehow. Yeah. You know whether that money goes to the women or whether it goes to the men or whether it goes to the kids, whether it goes on transfer fees, whatever. Um, so that's a, that was a last night. That was a, a big piece of news. Yeah, I, I I'm just looking it up. Um, I saw, I believe I saw this morning. Um, there was several several different Wrexham feeds and Wrexham based fans and things like that um, had posted on uh, posted on Twitter. Yeah, the new fifty five hundred seater cop stand at the race course has secured twenty five million backing from Wrexham Council. Yeah, so that cop stand won't cost twenty five million. Um, I uh, I think I'm pretty sure that. Uh, um, when Humphrey Carr had been to the Guersalt Reds meeting, um, I think he said that they were hoping to get six to seven million yeah. from the fund. I'm sure that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. So, um, so I think that I think the the way they're wording it is to grab the headlines. It's a bit of yeah. a hook. Yes. Um, so I don't think well, I could be wrong, but I don't think they're going to get. I don't think Rex are going to get twenty five million. I think I that. Don't I think <laughs> it's just that they've just used the headline of it. Um, yeah. But regardless. What we now know is that we, I guess we knew we were going to get the cop. What we didn't know is how we were going to get it. Now we're starting to understand how, we, how we're going to get it. And you'll understand why it's so important when yeah. you come Saturday and you see the big, I'm not sure if you can see it on the telly. There's a, a void really at one end of the, one end oh, yeah. of the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, um, you know, after the leveling up fund was, was, um, you know, didn't get approved. Obviously yeah. that kind of threw a wrench in the cop plans, but 
it's um, one of those to where, you know, the, the, the day of or the day after um, there was a, uh, essentially Humphrey Carr came out with his, um, you know, one of his, uh, not blogs, but one of his posts. Yeah, um, on the and, website, and yeah. Yeah, essentially said the next day on the Rexham website that, hey, you know, that's fine. We've got other plans and we've already put them in action. Right. So good on them. Um, great for the administration. Great for the city. Great for the club. Great for the town. Um, seems to be a, a, a win for everybody at this point. Yeah. So that was really, uh, that was a really, uh, a really key piece, yeah. um, which is very exciting. It's, it'd be more exciting once more work starts happening, yes. but uh, you'll, appre- you'll appreciate it a bit, a little bit more when you're, when you're there. Yeah. Um, uh, do you know where you're sitting or anything yet, by the way, on Saturday? Have there, has anybody sort of give you any idea? Um, th- there have been, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know yet. There have been a couple of conversations about a couple of different things. Um, you know, I, I tell you this all the time, buddy. I'm, I'm just very regular, normal, normal person, normal guy. Um, if they put me in the, you know, the university and the tech in, I will have my shirt off very likely at some point during the match. And, and, you know, that's, that, those are, that, that's um, kind of where my head is geared. Um, there was a, uh, a brief conversation possibly about um, being in the aviation suite. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I've told the, I've told the people um, that surround Rob and, and the people that I've been in contact with over the last few weeks that I'm willing to clean toilets for a ticket. So I don't really care. I don't care where I sit at this point. I mean, if they give you the choice, um, well, I mean, if they give you, the, if they give the, if they give you the choice and one of the options is not the aviation suite, right? So let's just say for whatever reason, right, that's out of the, let's just, you know, yeah. it might be that you're there, that's great. Yeah. But if yeah. it isn't, then the tech end is the place to be. Yeah, 100%. 100%. If they give you the choice, that's why I would say. You'll, you'll be near Tim, you'll be near Rich from Rob Ryan Red, yes. um, myself, Liam, from who, yeah. who does the YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, we're all within about... 20 yards of each other really? so um it's it's a it's bizarre how it happens that isn't it so i you know if they give you the choice get in there if they give you the choice to go in the aviation suite and uh, uh, and watch it with rob and have food snap their hands off at their elbows and don't think twice about it i, I will do i appreciate the advice my friend that's kind of where my head was uh but at this point it's it's i i just feel fortunate to be in the race course i don't care where i sit to be honest Tune in and catch our exclusive match previews on the Racecourse Ramble podcast, your ultimate guide to Wrexham AFC. Before we go into the Yeovil game, I want to know if you've downloaded and heard, now listen very carefully now, this is a test, of the Reddit app. Yeah, I know Reddit. Okay, but is it the right Reddit? Is it the Wrexham Reddit and not the Reddit Reddit? Oh. Hence why I asked, you see. I have. Yeah, I don't think I have. Right, okay. So, um, I I don't think this, will, if, this is good podcast listening, this. I'm going to hold up. I'm, just, I'm going to show you something that people can't see. Um, so, and it doesn't work very well because the blurry. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, I can kind of see it. Oh, okay. You got a glimpse then. Oh, yeah. Right, so... <laughs> At some point last week, I came across the Reddit app. So it's uh, spelled W-R-E-D-D-I-T. 
and they've got an account on Twitter, or he has. I'm not sure how many of them there are. Um, but this is a guy from Wrexham who's created a, a, a fan app, if you like, a fan app, a fan discussion app, um, purely for Wrexham fans. Okay, so I've got an Android phone, so it's available on Android. I'm going to assume, because everything's available on iOS, I'm going to assume it's available on iOS. Um, I'm looking it up right now. I don't see it. Oh, that's very unusual. Yeah, I'll get it sorted. We'll have a, we'll have to yeah we'll we'll sort it out in a minute. We'll have to have a look. Um, I, I said that because just because normally it's the other way around. Normally everything is yeah. iOS or iOS yeah. first, and then it's Android. Um, so um, if you've ever used FanHub, I don't know if you've ever used the FanHub app. You might not have. Um, it's it's got elements of that, and I think it it, it it's going to borrow and steal from that. Hmm. Um, but obviously it's purely sort of for Rex and fans. So you can comment on games, you can follow games um, whilst they're Amazing. going on. I know people might be listening and stuff, but you know, some people want it, want the, want it all visually. Yeah, um, that's amazing. And I spoke, I, I spoke briefly to, uh, to the uh, creator. Um, uh, and he, he said what his goal was to create red passion on steroids is what he said. Well, I was a bit like, well, you know, Red Passion has some very nasty corners, so you, yeah, you, you know, I, 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 that's you a, have to be, that's a, be, an interesting goal, an interesting comparison for someone to have. Um, I, I was I was talking about this on the space I did last week on Twitter. I Red Passion was one of the first. Um, the the I, I literally just Googled uh, you know Rexham message board or or whatever have you, and uh, I joined it. And don't get me wrong, I was super upfront said hey new fan you know uh, been following for a while now and, and got on there and people were super friendly to me no doubt about it um super supportive hey welcome up you know welcome to the ride and those types of things and it's yeah. gonna be a coaster which it absolutely has been um but then i started reading some of the threads and the threads and some of the messages and it's uh it's an interesting place i'll, I'll just say that it's amazing how black and white opinions are um uh you know i saw we won't go into details, but I saw some of the uh, some of the comments about uh, Sean Winter recently getting some tickets. I'm not sure whether you'd seen that particular yep. thread. Yep. Um, I mean, I'd actually written to Sean and said, "Listen, you know, I've got a Wrexham podcast, and I don't even I don't even promote it on there because I just yeah. it's not worth the hassle of what people write underneath." To be honest, so uh, uh, so I stay. You know, I I'll pop on once now and again just to. A quick read of the headlines, see if there's yeah. anything I've I've missed, but I don't spend much time there. And I guess that's a shame, really, because that's the opposite of what it was created for. Yeah. Um, so just a few more words on what he'd written about Reddit. Um, so because um, I'd commented that it was a little bit like FanHub, uh, like FanHub, but more specific to Wrexham. I want to give everyone a place to discuss events and get the latest news. I also want the new international fans to have a place to ask questions and feel more involved, as Twitter and Facebook. Uh, are very impersonal towards the town and community. Um, so um, so the, it seems that the intent at least is right. Um, yeah. And like we said, you, you can't, sometimes you can't necessarily control or moderate what goes on, but hopefully he will have some power and will uh, be able to uh, to regulate it a little bit better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just it's it's definitely available on Android. I'm amazed it's not available on iOS, but we'll uh, we'll work that out. Um, he has said he'll come on and uh, talk to us about it. So uh, maybe he's waiting for approval because you have to submit apps for approval, don't you? So maybe they're waiting for approval. Sure. Um, but if you've got an Android app, it looks like that one might be worth at least trying for a while until we see how it 
how it balances out. Yeah, um, that's a great idea. Absolutely. So should we talk about the big one then? Should we go into last night? Let's do it. So obviously, uh, Yeovil rock up to the race course needing a win to stay in the National League. Um, and obviously, we need a win because we need... Uh, well, if we go back a week, you know, we need we need seven points for, to to win the league. We get one at the weekend, so now we need six points from three games. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yeovil rock up into town. There was the uh, the fact flying around. I'm sure you saw it that there was only two teams this season Wrexham hadn't beaten yet, and that yeah. was Yeovil and Boreham Wood. Yeah. Um. So fortunately, we've uh, lay slain to one of those. Um. We rocked out three nil winners. Um, but it wasn't necessarily a perfect game and it was very nervy the first 45 minutes. Yes. Probably, I'm not sure you can pick it up on the TV. Um, you get a lot of the fan noise and the anxiety and the frustration. Um, you might, you might, you'll, you'll, you'll really see it possibly. Hopefully you won't, right? Hopefully we just walk it on Saturday, right? But if it's nil-nil and we're not creating a lot of chances, you'll understand what I mean. There's there's an anxiety, you know, a misplaced pass, and there's massive ten thousand groans in the stadium. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Could you could you pick that up, or can you not on the telly? Possibly not. Yeah. So I I've um, gotten pretty good at being able to sync Rexon player and Mark Griffith's commentary. Right. Perfect. Yeah. To the stream, uh, to the to the the video stream, the National League stream, and you can't. You can't hear it um, on the the National League stream commentary yeah. um, very much. If it's something egregious, you'll you'll hear you know ten thousand in consensus. You can't yeah. help but hear it. Um, but it picks up a lot more of the commentary with Mark because yeah. the cameras are a little more sensitive, I think, and are they not the cameras? The microphones maybe a little more sensitive. And there's also more people, um, you know, where, where Mark and them are. They're he is right in the middle of the Wrexham fans exactly. in that stand sort of thing. Exactly, right in the middle of the stand. So you can hear a pretty good bit yeah. um, of commentary and things in the background from some of the fans. So I think it's to be expected. Um, you know, when, when, like I said, if something just absolutely egregious occurs, then you're probably going to have uh, 10,000 Wrexham fans that, that are in unison um, in the same in the same area as when you score a goal. You know, you cheer when something great happens. Uh, you're going to have a groan in a moment when something, uh, when something negative happens now and yeah. then. Okay, so team-wise, um, I guess we were... The, the interesting question was, because uh, Phil Parkinson had kind of uh, given interviews, I think, to the leader and said, well, Mendy might be back. Uh, yeah. His injury isn't as bad as, uh, yeah. as you know, as it has been before. So we were querying. At, that was the only position I think we were querying in, really. I thought yeah. we were probably, everything else was probably going to be the same. Now, as it happens, he didn't. He swapped Dolby and Palmer out again and rotated them. Still think that uh, they haven't told us, but I'm sure that uh, that Palmer is definitely carrying that injury yeah. still. Um, definitely, you know, he might be on painkillers or... But they've, but they've they've rested him and rotated him a lot more. Um, so um, Fordy came back in, which was great because yes. um, again another thing we everybody kind of knows that he's had personal issues. Yeah. Um, the club haven't officially said anything. There was I'm sure you saw the tweet uh, that somebody had wrote. Did you uh, probably about three or four weeks ago? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's what I've assumed is is yeah. is is right or there or thereabouts. Um, so it was fantastic for him to come back in. And interestingly, Phil Parkinson said that he came to training one day this week 
and Fordy was already out with one of the fitness trainers yeah. on his own doing work because he wanted to get fit again because he thought just in case he, he was going to be needed. And lo and behold, obviously, yeah, we did need, we decided to use him. We did need him. Yeah. Um, and so the reason that we're building up Fordy there just because he gets the opening goal and that, yeah. so that's, that becomes, he, he becomes key in that, doesn't he? Um, that first half. So I guess we summarize first half, a bit like Barnet for me. It was it was yeah. very frustrating. We didn't create anything. We huffed and puffed very little. Um, we but then we were never in trouble either. I don't think. Um, and I blinked, and that forty five minutes had gone very frustratingly. Yeah. How was that? How you'd seen it, or did you see anything different? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, very open, very very open game, um, especially the first half. Like I said, uh, kind of comparing it to to the women's match from last Sunday. Very open game, a lot of back and forth. Ball was box to box consistently, almost every possession, and um, didn't um, didn't create as many chances as. And again, you know, the Yeovil doesn't concede a ton of goals. Um, they don't score a ton of goals, yeah. but they definitely don't concede a ton of goals. Um, so I wasn't expecting it to be, you know, four or five, six nil, you know, five, one, something like that. I, I thought it would be a low scoring affair. I said three, one last week, I believe. Um, it concerned me in the opening 30 minutes or so, um, that we just weren't creating as many chances as I thought we would be able to. Um, but like you said, they, they weren't overly threatening either. They they had it, you know, in our box. 10 times maybe the whole match uh maybe 12 times the whole match and they just didn't create uh, they didn't create very much um there were some concerning moments here and there but um i thought we defended decently well um the the the, the chances not being created offensively were what concerned me the most the first half but um obviously the second half was, was a totally different story just want to touch on something you said there you said the word yeah. stats now to people like me that like building spreadsheets for fun of it um uh, uh uh i guess from your point of view this is interesting this is only a small fact from your point of view as well so in american sport american sports um lives on statistics yeah uh and top level sport in the uk is starting to get that way the national league it's very hard to get a lot of statistics yeah so if in the air com air quotes here if we get promoted we will see a, a, a plethora of websites that we appear on all of a sudden. We get them. So like you were talking about how many times they entered our box, that type of data just isn't readily available to oh, us. Yeah. But it will be, um, yeah. believe Great. it or not, if we get yeah. promoted and we get back in the EFL, the statisticians will love it because you will get much more of the, that data yeah. much easier. So yeah. um, just a useless little fact for you there. So, yeah, I agree. They... they um, they played better football than I thought. Yes. Um, but I think, the, I mean, it, it, it's hard to know what their manager's mindset was. Uh, we were talking about this before the game in the stands. Do you come and try and nick a 1-0 or do you come and try and win 3-0? Um, and I, I, uh, Experience says you come, you keep it tight and you try and get a 90th minute corner and yeah. win the game. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we did enough to force the issue. Um, I, I was a little surprised at how flat we were how how we've misplaced a lot of passes um and i think i think actually in hindsight i think what happened is we misplaced one or two and that lost the crowd which as i say uh you might i i think 
Saturday might be similar because of the expectation and the hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think we lost the crowd and then that made the players worse. Um, so um, I think that's why that, that was and I was very frustrated in the first half. Sure. Couldn't It was chip and charge, as we call it. We, we used to call it. We used to play under a couple of managers. Um, when we get like that, we stop playing football with our midfielders, who are very talented, and we bypass them with little chips from Tozer yeah. over the top. Yeah. Uh, and it becomes a bit predictable and easy. Uh, we What I would like to see us do... Um, if you watch the very best footballing... T- I don't know what other footballing teams you watch... Um, but the best teams, short, sharp, quick passing. Yeah. So there's a, there's a phrase in, in football that we use, it's speed kills, right? So that's that. it's twofold. It's one is the spe- the physical speed of a, an athlete, you know, their acceleration or pace. Not yeah. sure what you might refer to it as, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and also, the, the, the when we're talking about quick, short, sharp passes, better quality players can do that. What we want touch very quickly... Uh, yeah. and, and they're comfortable doing it. So yeah. our footballers should be able to do that against Yeovil and, the, you know, they should be chasing our shadows. And that's what I don't think we did enough of. We just weren't quick enough. It was a bit slow, ponderous, predictable. It was easy and obvious. Um, and interestingly, in the second half, we didn't really change that. I think we just wore them down. Sure. Um, because we didn't really change our style of play because we don't. Um, we just are that more direct physical team. So we just kept going. Um, and eventually we ground them down. And I don't know whether that's what you saw or whether you, you think we did change anything. Uh, give us your thoughts. That... No, I, I, I agree. Um, we're definitely on the same page there. It, it was, we, when we, um, you know, when we can strike from deep, when we can, um, you know, place a long ball and give, a, give somebody like, I mean, Paul Mullen, off the top of your head, um, an opportunity to be creative and things like that with the deep ball with the ball over the top. That's fantastic. Um, that's also a very inconsistent style of play. That's also a very, um, you're, you're, you're going to lose possession very quickly. Correct. Um, as you obviously may create more chances on ball and, and in the goal mouth and those types of things, but you're also going to lose possession very fast and you're going to get run ragged. Um, because then you're chasing the opposing team who may put the ball on the ground and be kicking it all over the park. Um, but it, it's also one to where I think we, I think we played the ball on the ground. Um, when, when we play our best brand of football, the ball is on, is on the pitch, it's on the ground. And it's like you said, we use the same terms over here, speed kills in, in American football. Um, you know, faster players are better players. That's just generally the way it works in, in, in any sport in athletics. Um, but when we put the ball on the ground and when the, when the football is on the pitch, um, we're very, very talented. Our, our, our players have vision. Our players, um, you know, we, we can name them all and we can talk about how they've played at higher levels and those types of things. They've played at higher levels um, because, yes, they're usually more physically dominant um, at, 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 at higher levels, but they have vision, they have um, football instincts that lower level players often don't have. Correct. And when we put the ball on the pitch, we play a, a pretty damn good brand of football. And um, it's just one of those to where, whether you're a newer fan, whether you're an older fan, um, and you've been around for a while in the game like you have, Matt, it's, you, all we can do is be fans and we yeah. can um, you know, give our opinion to those types of things. I don't know whether it's 
because of formation. I don't know if um, it's just because of, you know, a player's natural ability instinct and what they see in the moment to where they choose to go over top and they choose to break the triangle in midfield. Yeah, yeah. Choose to, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where we can speculate and give opinions. Um, I, I would be super interested to know, you know, why some of those things are done sometimes. But um, at the end of the day, you know, like I said a minute ago, the second half was a, a vastly different, um, vastly different ball game um, than the first forty-five minutes for sure. I think the problem for them came is that we got the first goal. Yeah. Um, if they get that first goal, they probably yes. then sit back yes. uh, and defend even deeper and just try and defend the box. Yeah. Um, but the pro- their game plan probably was hit, was broken up because they started time wasting a lot more in the second half. From the start yeah. of the second half, they started to time waste. Yeah. Um, which interestingly wasn't so bad in the first half, if memory serves, but uh, uh, but definitely in the second half. Yeah. Um, and it was great there was Fordy that gets it, given the fact that he's come back from the the uh, you know from whatever it is that uh, that family issue uh, actually yeah. is. Um, and he played really well, I thought actually. He did. Um, and then one of the other underrated players uh, in James Jones, yes. who is the Energizer Bunny, um, who just never stops running. Uh, another underrated player gets the second goal and that then the game is over then because they ain't going to score three goals but they've got to have a go so uh, you know because the fact that if they don't win they are relegated Uh, and that that was the point that I felt comfortable because I thought they are going to come out now we're going to pick them off again yeah yeah it's one of those after James scored um which which you know good on him like you said very he's becoming vastly underrated because of the new signees and the names that we brought in and things like that. But, um, you know, he, he's definitely talented, um, is well known now. I've learned for, like you said, being an energizer bunny, being a box to box player, being able to run all over the pitch and, um, not having any energy issues. And I, I was very, very happy that he was able to score. Obviously Anthony, I didn't get to talk about that, but Ford scoring the first goal was, um, great for him to come back and, and his first game back at a goal. That was, that was quality as well. I think you'll if Jones plays on Saturday, you'll appreciate him a bit more because when you can yeah. see the whole pitch and what's yeah. going off, what's happening, sorry, off camera, if that makes yeah. sense, yeah, absolutely. you'll you'll see you you know you, you'll see a lot more of what players like. It'll probably you won't notice it because there's be too much going on for you on Saturday. You'll be too excited. Ryan, yeah. uh, Rob will be pouring your aviation gins or whatever his whiskey <laughs> is. He'll be coming out with on a tray and uh, there'll yeah. be caviar and lobster or whatever you have yeah. in the, whatever you have in there um, yeah. but you get what i mean don't you, you yes. it's when you're in the when you're in the stadium you can see other things that you don't yeah. see on the tv yep um, absolutely same thing you're wearing a seahawks shirt it's the same thing as as in the nfl in america you know yep. they, they show um very rarely on a national broadcast do you get all 22 in the in the even pre-snap before the ball snaps you very rarely do you get all 22 uh, in the shot at the same time, and after receivers and, and DBs run off, you're definitely not going to get all 22 yeah. um, because the, the the camera focuses on the ball. So yeah. when you're actually at a stadium, when you're at a at a game, uh, you have a much more um, you know in depth appreciation for players that that aren't on the football, don't have the football in their hands the entire game. So same concept, yeah. And I'm obviously excited to be able to do that. Yeah, cool. Uh, and then I guess, I mean, who else? I'll tell you that that header that Mullin scores. Is different gravy. He scored a couple like that this he year. He has. Yeah. That wasn't from obviously the third one wasn't from a set piece. It was from a cross. 
but he scored maiden was it was it maiden head he's that they they yeah. work that little yeah. where he spins off he runs the back post yeah. and gets he free away yeah yeah he drifts he is obviously off ball he drifts away from the post uh and the defender loses him thinking that he's going out of the box or thinking yeah. that he's going you know to to the other side and um just dress away with a header and he, he scored that same goal a couple of times this season it's fun to watch but he puts it top he put he, he loops that across yeah. back top bins as we call it um top corner um yeah. and it, it is just that is a different class of finish that because it's controlled you know you have to be brave to normally you would just sort of thump that header as hard as you can back back across the goal but he doesn't he just guides it back into the far yeah. corner he is the i've said it before I know we're biased, but I would never swap him for anybody else in this league, irrespective of how many goals Langstaff has scored. Sure. He is he is twice the footballer uh, that Macaulay Langstaff is. And Langstaff can have that record, don't care. Absolutely. Um, and let's see if he still wants it when he's not even getting to Wembley, potentially, you know, um, yeah. to a playoff. Because I bet you he would swap with Mullin when Mullin's going up. Yeah, it's one of those, uh, you know, in any any player, again, comparing it to American football, would you rather win the Super Bowl or would you rather be the league MVP? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. same thing in the National League. Would you get automatic promotion or, or have, you know, have the, the top goal scorer? It's pretty simple concept. Team game, get promoted. So, um so those were the main those were the main incidents, I guess. It was interesting to see who was getting credit after the game um, because there was a lot of love last night. For Ben Tozer, who has, um, in fact, Alex had put out a tweet before saying that it was that he, he was his player of the year. Yeah. And I said, it's inter really interesting because early on, he was getting a bit of stick, Tozer. Yes. Not necessarily his fault, um, but I think his season changed. Uh, there was the away game at Oldham, which I went to. And we won 2-1. Yeah. We were 1-0 down. I think Tozer scores the equaliser in about the 80th minute. He's in the box, drops a shoulder, fires a, a ball into the bottom corner. It's one all. Mullin scores an injury time penalty to win it. Yeah. And I think Toza's season changed at that point because for some reason people were on it. We're really on his back at that time. But what a what a. In, you think back to that Notts County game, how good that back line was. Yeah. I know they've not necessarily kept an awful lot of clean sheets, but he has been so important. Um, yes. So it was good for him to see a bit of love. Um, O'Connor against having to step in alongside him at centre half. I mean, it's so unusual to have a player who can play in a centre back and centre yes. midfield. The game yeah. has become very specialist, um, so it's so unusual to have somebody who's so comfortable in that. Um, uh, so I, you know, I, the, those two were the were were really good. Um, so those were sort of my pick. I thought Barney was good again. Foster kept a clean sheet. Good save yeah. late on. It was yeah. the very far end, so I couldn't see it very well. Um, you might have had a better view of it on the telly with the replays. Um, so I don't quite know how, how good it was. And the highlights aren't out yet. Um, sure. So I'm not sure quite how, how good it was. Um, but yeah, so in the end, it was comfortable. But for the first 60 minutes, it, it wasn't. No question. Yeah, um, and it's understandable at this point. I, I agree with what Alex said um, on Twitter. I saw that as well. Um, for me, Ben Tozer is going to be, um, you know, if, if Mullen scores, you know, five on Saturday, that'll probably change, probably yeah. change some opinions. Um, but Ben Tozer has been vital as, you know, it's easy to say this person has been vital, that person has been vital. But defensively, he wins the ball so much. Um he 
obviously provides a, an immediate threat with throw-ins and set pieces and those types of things. Um, Mullen is, I don't want to say the, the stereotypical answer for, for player of the season just because of the goal scoring, um, but someone like Tozer who provides so much offensively and defensively, yeah. I've got a lot of time for a person like that. So, uh, yeah, Ben Tozer would be would be player of the year for me up to this point. And you're going to get to see the Tozer Exocet missile, obviously, on uh, yes. on Saturday. I was, uh, I, I've always been interested to um, – I want to try to throw a ball in with two hands, throw a throw a football over my head with two hands. I'd be interested to see uh, how far I'd be able to throw it. Not not nearly as far as uh, as Ben. Obviously. As Ben. No. So let's let's come on to the big day then. So you're going to rock up into town. We're going to draw nil nil. It's going to be crap. Uh, <laughs> and you know that's going to happen. Inevitably, blame it on me. You know that's going to happen. So yeah. in all seriousness, we're going to rock up to the uh, to the race course on Saturday. And we've got probably, you know, I should add that following that game, uh, Wrexham now have more points than I think anybody ever in in history. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I forget the exact stat, but I don't think anybody's ever had this many points now. I think uh, um, we're breaking we're breaking records with this, yeah. uh, which it's in, and we still haven't won the league. It's bonk. It's absolutely yeah. bonkers. It's wild. Um, so we're gonna rock. We rock up to Boreham Wood and Boreham Wood are a tough side. They're well organised. They Normally their issue is that they don't score enough goals. Yes. Tempted fate there, haven't I? Um, yeah. That's normally their issue, um, but they're good at the back. So it's going to be, It's it, this is not going to be any cakewalk. There was yeah. a great tweet that somebody put out which said, uh, Wrexham, this is your end of level boss. And it was the, uh, it was the, the it was the keeper. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. he, he always plays really well against us. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and it's interesting because he's a he's a he's not a, he's not a slight lad either. Um, no, he, is he is just naturally a very good goalkeeper. He's got all the instincts. Yeah, um, large. So um, so yeah. So you're going to see a you're going to see a very good side. Um, I guess from your point of view, given that that was our team last night, do you think there'll there'll be any changes? Um, I think if uh, I I. I I'm torn on I'm torn on Mindy. Uh, yeah, so if he's fit, I, if he's fit, I'm I'm very torn on him right now um, because he he had a string of matches where you know he was given a lot of grief. He was turning the ball over a little more. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. That, yeah, yeah. So that was a concern, and then he comes back in. Um, you know, against um, he, he scored the first one against Knotts. Um, second one against County, right? I think yeah. Knotts, yeah, last week. And uh, you know, seems to 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 turn his own game on its head and and turn that match on its head and turn yeah. the fans the fan base's opinion of him recently yeah. on its head. So we're so fickle. Um, yeah, that's you know, fans yeah. are are by nature. Um, so Mindy Mindy would be um, you know, provided he's fit and healthy and his hamstrings good and whatever else he's got going on is fine. Yeah. Um, I am a Mindy fan. I think he I think he brings us a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Him. Um, that would be, I would, I would very likely go Palmer back in for Dalby. Yeah. Again, provided he's fit. And I wouldn't, the, the, the back end, you know, defensively. Um, I guess that one just depends on Tunnicliffe yeah, if he's fit. Tunnicliffe is, is Hayden back in. Um, is he fit? Um, that there's a lot that's going to, a lot of decisions are going to have to be made provided that everyone's fit on the back end. 
Yeah, I, I don't think Hayden's even back training yet, from yeah. what from what I read. So I, I don't think we're going to see him. But sure. this Tony Cliff one, they said he'd had an injection, but his back hadn't settled down. He was having some spasms, I think. They said yeah. it hadn't settled down. So I'm just, you know, at what point do you just go, well, there's a winning team. Let's just right. sort of stick with it. Yeah. Um, it will be really interesting to see. Um, but I agree with you. I think Palmer will come back in. You know, that experience in a crunch game. Yeah. Um, I suspect would be the one um, that will definitely happen. That's the one I think is kind of, unless there's any injuries this week, that one will definitely happen. Yeah. And the others will be, the others will be dependent on, on the fitness levels of, of other people. Um, so in your head, how do you envisage it going on Saturday? What do you think um, score wise, what's going to play out? I said, I said three, two, last week and i think that's too high um because as you just said it's it's one of those to where they don't score uh they don't score a ton of goals we're tempting um, fate here this is going to be eight seven or something now yeah, in it you know no doubt if they're look if there's a dover replay in the mix and i'm there for it my god <laughs> bring it on um as long as we get the three so I, i'm gonna go two one now um, okay yeah you know, we'll go one, i agree one third place yeah I, I, I usually three ones my trusted uh trusted win but um, they are talented. They do have, um, you know, they do have talent all over the pitch. So I don't think it's going to be a clean sheet, but I'm going to go two one. Yeah, I think there's just a couple of factors. I think you've got somebody fighting to stay in the promotion yes. uh, playoffs. Sorry, playoff, right. in yep. the playoffs. Um, so they've got incentive. Yes. Um, and then you've got, I think, in sport, one of the hardest things to do is get over the line and to win. Um, you see it a lot. I don't know if you watch a lot of tennis, but. Watch any tennis game. Somebody's got match point to win a big tournament. They don't normally win it the first time of asking. They normally have to yeah. uh, play themselves back into that position. Sure. Um, so getting over the line is very difficult. So that brings pressure is, is what I'm saying. Again, yeah. that pressure that was on us last night. So the, when you factor those two things in, I just think my head tells me it's very unlikely that we're going to win this game 3-0. It's going to be a walk in the park. It's just not going to happen, is it? Sport no. doesn't work like that. I don't think um, so. So I think I think we win it two one, and I've just got a horrible feeling that they score after about ten minutes, <laughs> and, and it's going to be very uncomfortable oh, afternoon. Matthew. <laughs> that uh, that that yeah, that would. It, it's one of those to where um, I just I'm praying we get the first match or we get the first goal of the match. Um, yeah. That that would be the, the the best start we could ask for. Like three or four minutes in would yeah. be fantastic. Okay, well, I that, that there it is. Those are our predict. We both think it'll be two one. I I hope you're right. I hope we score first. Um, but I've just got a feeling it'll be a bit more uncomfortable. But either way, you'll be there. I will be. You'll be breathing the same Welsh air as us. Hopefully, the sun will be shining. Um, and I tell you something, you might not be prepared for what happens at full time. Um, because you know the, it's been 15 long years in this uh, out of this football league. Yes, um, you might be there at a very special time. Yeah, that's. Uh, I keep saying I like to think I planned it out perfectly, but um, you know I'm so genuinely and sincerely excited for the fans like you and uh, all the other Jesus hundreds of fans at this point. I've been fortunate to talk to who have you know, been in this football purgatory for the last 15 years and have been fans for decades and been through all of the downs along with the ups. And, and now you get to celebrate this at its highest point.
around the Kairos anymore But that's been a football club here since 1864 Trying to do the town a city proud Laying under the massive floodlights of the racecourse ground Shine, you'll hear our cries. Hold our hands up as the Welsh dragon flies. We're loyal supporters on a lifelong journey. We'll live in hope, but we'll die in Cadbury. I've been telling everyone I see. I've been telling. I've been telling everyone to listen to me Someday we will be back in the football league We've had the best home talent like Joey Jones And his best made Mickey T Was a druid, he loved Cumbri And his namesake Jordan on a scoring spree Legends from far afield like Trinidad We've had great plays And some who drove us mad We've seen the lows and the highs Seeing I've been telling everyone I know I've been telling everyone who listen to me But someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league I've been selling my nephew and my godson I've been selling my dog and the postman I've been selling my mom and dad fees Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league Someday we will be back in the football league